1: In this part of the episode, we discuss blacky black black news and world issues. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Patience Adamu.
0: And I'm Curtis Vermont. And this is The Drip, a podcast about political decision-making during a racial revolution.
1: Stick around as we analyze Canadian news and Black issues on a weekly basis.
0: And if you like what you hear, if you think we've got the South, subscribe.
1: On this week's episode, we discuss some of the top headlines from the week of May 23rd, including...
0: All Ontarians who want it can be vaccinated by the end of August, pending supply. The remains of 215 children being found at the largest residential school in Canada. Canadian banking fees going up, despite profits increasing over 100% during a pandemic.
1: A black Ryerson student gets accused of stealing her own car. (laughs) Reverse racism claims pick up speed. Here we go. Germany starts dishing out reparations to Namibians. And plenty more. Moving on to blackity black black news the president of the elementary teachers of Toronto has been the target of hate mail. Mm. Jennifer Brown is the first black person to serve as the elementary teachers of Toronto president, a local of the elementary teachers Federation of Ontario in her role. She oversees the largest local in North America with more than 11,000 members. However, despite her effort And the size of her platform, she knows that she gets treated differently than other presidents. And she actually told CTV News Toronto that recently she received a torn piece of a Toronto Star article that she was featured in with racial slurs handwritten all over it, including the N-word and racist references to her Jamaican heritage. Mm -hmm. brown says that there has been an increase in divisiveness within the union that does not surprise me brown says quote there has been a lot of toxic conversation and it's created a very volatile environment on social media as well as on email end quote Mm -hmm. she said that many attacks have been directed at her which have made it much harder to do the work that she was elected to do Brown is calling for a number of action steps to be taken to help address racism within the union. Some of the steps include a listening tour, the addition of a new role to deal with human rights violations, and bringing in experts to speak with members impacted by racism. She is working alongside police and hopes that her experience will serve as encouragement for other potential victims to come forward. Brown says, quote, racism is not acceptable and it hurts everyone, end quote. Police call the crimes completely unacceptable and are urging anyone with information to contact them. So Curtis, I, I wanted to bring up this story because I, I feel like we take for granted that a, a large platform sometimes comes with this kind of, I mean, I don't want to say terrorizing, but you know, it, 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 when you are black, when you are female, and you're the the president of a large organization like this people often don't consider how dangerous this this can be to to your physical self and and right. as well as your 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 mental health so i I wanted to to share this what are you what are your thoughts on Jennifer Brown's situation?
0: I hear you on your perspective and um you know to to to, to your point um in that same c t v news video i mean It was interesting that they made a point to show her husband standing by her and and, uh and supporting her through that because um yeah there really is it's not just the blackness that's at play here there really is um sexism at play Mm -hmm. um i uh you know what i what i posted on our instagram was you know i effectively i hope she I hope she's successful in her role, despite the pressure, the racism that she's experiencing. And I I hope that she, the end result of this kind of pressure, this kind of harassment is to push people out of their role. Yep. And so what I said on our Instagram is I hope she stays in her role for as long as she damn well pleases. Yeah.
1: And our next story, a Ryerson film student gets accused of stealing her own car. <clears throat> Taylena Roden was accused of stealing her own car When police found her Listen to this Clearing snow off her car earlier this yep. year So you see somebody Clearing snow off of their car And you stop And ask them If they're stealing a car According to Taylena <laughs> An officer put down his window Rolled down his window and he said What are you doing over there by that car And she said it's my car I'm brushing snow off of it and then the officer got out of his vehicle and put his hands on her, asking mm. if he could speak with her. When she refused, he insisted, and, and Roden began to cry, frustrated at how unfair this racial profiling was. Yeah. Roden says that it wasn't actually until her white landlord came out of the building and identified her as a tenant that the police officer moved on. This really, really speaks to the importance of allies. Non-Black folks really need to to step in when they see this happening to Black people. And it continues to happen to Black people in Toronto. Every day. Rodin says that she called the police after the incident to report the officer and says that she didn't get a proper follow-up until 12 hours later. In a meeting with Toronto police after the fact, she said that an officer informed her that there were reports of auto thefts in the area as though that was going... It's to- not
0: a good... Like, these bullshit reasons are always given. Shut the <laughs> hell up, essentially.
1: Rodin has also filed a complaint with the Office of the Independent Police Review Director and secured legal representation. Mia Singh, principal lawyer at Matt Legal Services, who is representing Rodin, says incidents like this have been brought to his attention more frequently over the last few years, as people use cameras on their cell phones to film police activity, Nia Singh, by the way, is also the or was was or is also the attorney um, of record for the Regis Korchinski-Paquette case.
0: He'll likely also be the Green candidate in the next virtual election. Oh,
1: didn't that. <laughs> Nia says, "quote." Somebody brushing snow off their car shouldn't be accused of auto theft, end quote. My thoughts exactly. (laughs)
0: And like, point, period, like, that's it.
1: Singh added that it could have been a simple question and answer interaction, and Rodin should have been given the chance to show the officer her license and registration when she offered it. Instead, he says her rights were violated. In a related case, so moving away from anti-black racism and into anti-Asian racism, I was really surprised at, at this particular story. Uh, Anti-Asian racism is perpetrated by a University of Regina professor. You know, professors could, could always be racist, right, Curtis? Like in the past, it, it's really easy to be racist in a lecture where you're not being filmed. It's really easy to be racist during office hours. But now that professors are like having to send emails and are having to do all their lectures on Zoom and and these lectures are recorded, it's tougher Mm -hmm. to get away with. Right. So a chemistry professor at the University of Regina is now facing, quote, corrective action and disciplinary measures, end quote, after he sent anti-Asian remarks via email to one of his classes. Wow. Apparently, some students had been caught cheating on an exam, and in response, the prof said, quote, I could not help but notice that all 14 of you cheaters had East Indian last names. None of the Canadian students cheated. What the? F- what? Yo! What? <laughs> it keeps going. What? It keeps going. You must not cheat in Canada. Canadians d- do not like cheaters. End quote.
0: Oh my god! Fam, <laughs> fam. Yo! What underscores this entire thing for me? I'm sorry, but like Canadians cheat all the time. Yes. yes. What do you like? What? What is this complex you're giving yourself? Honestly,
1: honestly cheating is a universal thing like every culture has cheaters like i don't know every race every like every ethnic group like what fam all of this is happening during asian heritage month
0: (laughs) yo the white supremacy is real fam
1: no but for real like i'm 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 laughing because it's so preposterous right like but like it is funny i get
0: it like but it's so like this is it
1: my my thought, my thought here is, obviously, you know, universities have all these campaigns against racism and messages about, you know, being more open. and obviously, some profs are not quite getting this. And you know, the University of Regina was really clear that this is wrong, and that corrective action will be taken. but what what kind of of corrective action can be taken when this is obviously? An underlying belief of this person
0: the corrective action in my opinion is that that person needs to be removed from his post and a lot of these professors that a lot of these universities refuse to give tenure to hmm maybe we should start elevating some of them folks maybe we should start el- elevating them from groups of color
1: i mean you're you're preaching to the choir right now <laughs> like come on come on like it and, ain't hard and you know what's interesting like a lot of universities, after George Floyd, a lot of universities said that they wanted to do you know a lot of black recruitment, people elevating people of color to exactly what you're saying, right? Elevating people of color into tenure track positions. And it's been really slow. They've been saying things like they, like they can't find qualified professors, but then at the same time, you have this idiot sending like absolute trash. To this class through an email. Like, are you, like, where have you been, fam? Anyway. Moving on to further caucasity. Hmm. In this week's edition of Absolute Caucasity, Amy Cooper is claiming reverse racism for being let go from her role at Franklin Templeton. Her lawsuit argues that Franklin Templeton did not thoroughly investigate her situation because of her race and gender, effectively reaching their decision to terminate her because she is a white woman. Wow. Okay. Despite the entire interaction being caught on video, we all watched it. You watched it. I watched it.
0: They watched it. They watched 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 it.
1: it. (laughs) Amy insists that her calling the police on Christian, Christian Cooper, was not racially motivated and instead insists that Christian was being quote, aggressive and, quote, overly zealous with her. Mm -hmm. These words obviously are code words that we know are closely tied to stereotypes about Black people in North America. Yep. And remember that when Amy called the cops, she specified multiple times that she was calling the cops on an African American man. Yep. And also, let's Also, please remember, as Canadians, that Amy is Canadian. Yep. To add more audacity to this caucasity, Amy's lawsuit completely contradicts a post that she made on Facebook the day after the incident. Yep. So she goes on Facebook apologizing to Christian, saying, quote, I reacted emotionally and made false assumptions about his intentions when, in fact, I was the one who was acting inappropriately by not having my dog on a leash, end quote.
0: Damn, it's control
1: PR. So, I mean, good. the good thing is, in terms of what Franklin Templeton is going to do, it seems like nothing. Like, they are standing by their decision to let her go. But I do have a question for you, Curtis. I'm going to take a little bit of a, of, a, of a turn here. All right. Do you feel...
0: Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me click.
1: Do you feel that white women are being held more accountable or taking a greater fall for their racist actions than white men.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, okay, so even if I couldn't think of examples, the answer would be yes. Right. Because that's just how society works, unfortunately. Right. Whichever group in that society has historically had the most power and whichever groups have gotten power the the most recent – they're the ones who lose it first, right. They're the ones who fall from grace first,
1: so because when I was when I was reading this, on top of just you know, reading like just the audacity of <laughs> of this Karen, I thought mm-hmm. immediately of Kim Potter, who also like swiftly was served justice, you know, let go from her job, charged immediately with, with the, the the killing of Dante Wright, whereas mm-hmm. there are so many examples of white men who have done. You know, same thing as Amy Cooper, same thing as Kim Potter. And yeah. we're not seeing charges. We're not seeing them let go. We're not seeing the, their, their reputations publicly tarnished. In yeah. fact, we see them protected by these same systems.
0: Yeah. The term, I mean, look, the term old boys club is still very real. Yeah. It, it, it's, um, I mean, let's be clear. It's not going to change for a very long time. Yeah. As long as, for example, laws permitting wealth to pass down generation to generation and, you know, it usually would go to the men. Of course, it goes to women, too. But as long as the current structure remains in place, the current structure will continue to be in place.
1: And in terms of our last story for this section, Mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, is being sued again for reverse racism. Lots of people getting sued for reverse racism this week. A white reporter for a conservative media outlet is suing her over her decision to grant interviews at the midpoint of her first term only to journalists of color. He's saying that she discriminated against him because of his race. Now, now here's some context. Lightfoot is Chicago's first black female mayor and Chicago's first openly gay mayor. Mm -hmm. And she said that May 19th, One day, Curtis, she was granting interviews marking the second anniversary of her inauguration on Mm -hmm. May 20th exclusively to journalists of color. She said it was intended to draw attention to the fact that the City Hall press corps is overwhelmingly white and male in a city where white people make up only one third of the population.
0: In other words, it's meant to be a corrective measure.
1: Exactly. Okay. University of Chicago law professor Jeffrey Stone told the Chicago Tribune he expects the court to throw out the lawsuit. He noted public officials commonly pick and choose which media outlets to favor anyway. And that Lightfoot said the decision applied to one date and wasn't a blanket policy. He's quoted saying, quote, given that she's talking about one day seems to be blown out of proportion to make a fuss over it, end quote. A Chicago law department spokeswoman said Friday that the city is reviewing the complaint and wouldn't offer further comment because litigation is pending. <laughs> uh, what What do you think about this, Curtis? It's
0: it's it's caucasity. Um, <laughs> It really is just caucasity.
1: Um But but honestly, like in terms of ending this Lightfoot story, I I do think that you know had Lightfoot not sat at the intersection of these three groups you know being black being female and being openly gay man. that you, you you can't bring this to her you know if, if, if she's if she is not in or if she's only in one of the three c- categories even um but people just feel so righteous so self-righteous coming saying that that this is uh discrimination or this is reverse racism just because you couldn't get an interview on one day fam white,
0: white is right man yuck white is right That's what they think.
1: Moving on to news from the world. So this story may seem a little bit random, but I think it's important to acknowledge when European countries admit that they actively participated in the decimation of black bodies. Mm. So I wanted to talk about how Germany has officially acknowledged committing genocide during its colonial occupation of Namibia Mm. and announced A financial aid worth more than 1.34 billion US dollars. German colonizers killed tens of thousands of Herero and Nama people during their early 20th century massacres. And German Foreign Minister Heiko Maas is asking Namibia and the victims' descendants for forgiveness. In addition to the forgiveness, they're paying out a version of reparations that will be paid out over 30 years through spending on infrastructure, healthcare, and training programs benefiting the impacted communities. That sounds excellent. It really is. Germany has previously acknowledged the atrocities but previously in 2018 ruled out paying reparations. In 2018 they actually repatriated some human remains to Namibia which had been used as which had been used as part of now discredited research attempting to prove the racial superiority of white Europeans. The atrocities committed have been described by historians as, quote, the forgotten genocide, end quote, of the early 20th century in what was then known as German Southwest Africa. The genocide began in 1904 after a Herero and Nama rebellion over German seizures of their land and cattle. The head of military administration there, Lothar von Trotha, called for the extermination of the population in response. So imagine this, Curtis. Colonizers come. You don't want them there. They, 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 they seize all of your land and cattle. And when you try to fight back, they attempt to wipe out your entire people. Yeah. Survivors from the Herero and Nama population were forced into the desert and later placed in concentration camps where they were exploited for labor. Many died of disease, exhaustion, and starvation, with some subject to sexual exploitation and medical experimentation. It is thought that up to 80% of the indigenous populations died during the genocide with a death toll in the tens of thousands. Sickening. It really, really is (laughs) sickening. And um, I I read this book, it's called cast by Isabel Wilkerson, Mm -hmm. talking about the the tools that the Germans used um, to, to, to conduct research basically, and to, um, you know, make themselves a more, a stronger, fortified nation and yeah exactly and this is just another example of of you know how ruthless they were um and uh, they they weren't just ruthless you know during the nazi regime this this preceded the nazi regime right
0: i wonder what changed over the past since 2018 where they first admitted to the genocide but they did not want to give reparations i wonder what changed
1: that's a good question I would like to think that this global reckoning has required some accountability.
0: Yeah, I, I was, that's exactly where I was thinking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to look into that, but I mean, if, if that, that is, that is a massive result, mm-hmm. you know, a massive victory from the movement, if so.
1: mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Let's hope to see more reparations and in else in other countries too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe so. I we maybe we don't know enough to talk about this, but like what I'm also thinking about now, it's like okay, 1.34 billion over 30 years. Yeah. Now it's on infrastructure. That's very good. You need that to build up a country. No question. But like how much would that actually work out to be over thirty years?
1: No, it's a it's a great, 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 great point. it, it is is not it, it yeah, it, it's not gonna build the the country that could have been built by those tens of thousands of people that they killed.
0: Exactly. It's it's really a fraction.
1: Right,
0: right. And like what does it actually What what could that truly accomplish? What what did they look at a map and say, Okay, one point three four billion dollars can accomplish XYZ? What what can it really do? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know. Anyway. Jumping to questions for the audience. So in the UK, Uber has agreed to recognize a trade union for the first time in a landmark deal that should benefit gig workers for years to come. The GMB union representing 70,000 workers will have the power to represent UK drivers in discussions over earnings, pensions, benefits, and their health and well-being. This is important because it provides workers with a national living wage guarantee, holiday pay, and a pension. For years, Uber resisted calls to recognize unions, which had criticized the firm for not granting drivers basic rights like sick pay or minimum wage. And now, by recognizing GMB, The ride-hailing giant has actually gone a step further, giving a union the right to negotiate on behalf of the drivers for the first time. So, do you think this will add pressure to Uber and its competitors in other markets to follow suit? You've just listened to episode 60 of The Trip. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. We're releasing pods on a weekly basis, so subscribe to stay up to date.
1: You can also keep up with us on our Instagram and through our Patreon pages dedicated to the podcast. Follow us or support us at The Drip T.O. You know, we love our many non-Black, non-BIPOC listeners, but a message specifically to our Black listeners, we hope that you know that this is a safe space for you. So if you have any feedback or questions, feel free to slide in our DMs and let us know what's up.
0: And you know we got to give a special shout out to Toronto's very own Be On Location for the sounds you're hearing now. You can find more tracks from him wherever you get your music. See y'all next time.